0: Hello, hello, hello. This is 3D or 2D.com's The 3D Show. The Goodbye Edition. Hello, hello, hello. This is Adolf, and this is a clip show podcast.
1: It's like one of those TV shows where they show a bunch of clips from old episodes. So, how do
0: I make a clip show podcast? Basically, you take clips from different podcasts and put it together. But this is for the entirety of the website. This is nine years of podcasts, including patron-only podcasts. So this could go on and on for like 10 hours, and that will only be a fraction of all the podcasts. So I had to limit it down, and obviously the audio quality is going to vary dramatically. Um, we've gotten better as the years progressed with our audio quality, and some of the clips I have altered to sound better, but I, I didn't want to like make it work on it too much, I guess. I didn't want to make it look sound totally different than it was when it originally was released. But I did want to make it sound better now that I know how to. So, that's that. Um, Like I did say, there's patron stuff here. So that's interesting. Um, I wanted just to have a little bit of flavor, just in case you weren't a patron, of the stuff you may have missed. I didn't want to give the whole enchilada, per se, just a little bit of a bite. So that way you could kind of get a sense of what you missed. And some of the fun, crazy stuff that you may did not get to listen to. Maybe you were a patron and you forgot about this. Maybe you were a long-time podcast subscriber and you forgot about this stuff. Maybe you just res- subscribed a couple months ago. This might be a fun refresher. We do a little bit of this, a little bit of that in this podcast. We have reviews. We have news. We have pre- um, previews. We got predictions. We got... Um, just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So, um, I hope you enjoy this clip show. Um, it, it's It was fun to record, and we try to have a lot of laughs, um, and a lot of stuff here might be a little bit risque, but not too bad, I think. Um, I, I try to make sure that it's just enough to give you a tease, but not enough to, uh, to be offensive. So, yeah, um, this is the 3D or 2D podcast clip show, and... Just going to have a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and I hope you enjoy it. That's going to be it for this intro. Uh, I'm not going to give any kind of um, intro to each segment. It's just going to be this. Um, I try my best to cut things and to make it to be um, pretty self-explanatory. So there's some interviews here, too, and everything should be pretty straightforward. So it's just a good hodgepodge of the podcast, and things that you may have, remember, or maybe not remember, or maybe never heard. But a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and um, I hope you enjoy it.
2: You never know, Morbid Time can happen any (laughs) time.
0: You know, I think I made an idea for a title. At the beginning of this podcast, I didn't have a title, but now I do. I think we're going to call this... The 3D podcast, which is very straightforward. And the, you know what the 3Ds stand for?
1: What?
0: The 3Ds stand for discussion, debate, and the news. <laughs> now, I know what you're thinking, James. What about the bears?
3: The bears. The bears. The bears.
0: No, no, no bears. And I know you're also thinking, people at home or listening, what about the beers? Diamond is forever. The beers, like the rings, the jewelry. No, I'm not going to talk about jewelry. Now, what about the bass? You know,
4: the bass, about the bass, no treble. I'm all about the bass, about the bass,
0: no treble. That's James when I sing that song. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Disney Star Wars.
0: All right. Anyway, so yeah, it's going to be called. Uh, um, The Duh 3D uh, How about the last show. D
4: is Disney ruined Star Wars uh,
0: Alright So Anyway
1: <laughs>
0: We'll see you next time And I uh, hope yeah. you enjoyed this Episode 1 of the 3D uh, Show Duh, <laughs> 3D show With a D D-A 3D show
6: the 3d show yeah so have you played of the dragon quest games or, or no tradi- actually do you play any kind of those traditional japanese rpgs
7: yes my favorite one is called chrono trigger
6: oh chrono trigger is pretty amazing so i will not I, it's I, the
7: I, best game of all time
6: uh i'm not a joke because it's time travel related
7: A, no, because, actually, <laughs> that, that's a reference to, okay, there is this group of super fans of Chrono Trigger who, I kid you not, say that it is the best game of, like, forever. Like, there's no game that will ever beat Chrono Trigger. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of that's accurate.
6: Uh, the first time I played Chrono Trigger was on the DS. Were,
7: yes, the big. DS version is great. That's the one with all the
6: cutscenes. Okay. So, when they released it originally on the Super Nintendo, then they re-released it on the PS2 with animated cutscenes, and then they re-released that with a map and everything on the DS, and the DS one is considered pretty much the best version of all. Yes, yes. The,
7: the, the DS version is the best because it includes, like, two alternate endings. And that, may, that like, adds on to the 13 others, so there's, like, 15 alternate endings to the game. So, I mean, like, for Super Nintendo back then, alternate endings, like, over five were, like, just whoa. I mean, the, the yeah. music was great, The all the characters were great, the, I love the whole, like, how you didn't go to another screen when you fought the enemies, they were just there, and then you fought them, which were actually, was, they explained that that way of fighting with an extremely complex system, like having the enemies right there instead of going off to another screen, like most other RPGs do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and one of the things really sad about the, uh, Chrono Trigger is that we will probably never see another game in that franchise.
6: Yeah, because I think they made a Chrono Cross. And they
7: did. They did make Chrono Cross, but it actually wasn't by the creators of the series. And afterwards, the creator, like the original guy who made Chrono Trigger, said they wanted to make a sequel that was based around the the original game. And so far, we haven't heard from that guy. Basically, it was in two thousand three that he said that. So. Or we still completely don't know if there's ever
6: gonna be another game. Now, um, I do feel bad that I did buy it and I owned it and I loved it and I beat it and then I traded it back into GameStop because I was poor and I wanted to get another to game. So but I rebought it on the Wii virtual console and I think you can still buy it for I think eight bucks. The original Super Nintendo one. So if you never played Virtual uh Trigger and you love traditional RPGs, even if you're not like a super fan of traditional RPGs, you just like...
7: Yeah, the, the well, style. The, the cre- I think the correct
8: term is JRPG.
6: Yeah, the JRPG. Yeah. Yeah. Then, you know, $8, you know, is, is uh, nothing to spend on an amazing game. So I, if you have a Wii U or Wii, you can play it on that without a problem, and, you know, that's a really good investment of your time. But that's kind of a tangent... Um,
7: yeah, she <laughs> <laughs> just asked me if my, I played it like
1: Chrono Trigger
7: and. Then, you know.
6: um, but I'll allow it because I love Chrono Trigger too. And you know I occasionally play our, Japanese RPGs, but they could get kind of annoying here and there. And um, you know Dragon Quest is still kind of guilty with um, the random battles and I can't tolerate that anymore. I'm sorry. It just it's unbearable to have that kind of random battle system in a modern game. I, it just No, I can't accept it. Back in the 80s, fine. 90s, I guess it was okay. You're still weaning off of it. But now, no. It's just unacceptable. It's unbearable to be that bad, you know?
7: Yeah, I mean, to me, personally, though, uh, I think that uh, if Chrono Trigger was was getting back to that. They didn't have the, I like how they did that because at least you could see the enemies you were going to fight like ahead of you. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so like when you like fought the goblins or whatever, you, they were right in front of you so you knew you were going to fight them. And there's also cases where you can actually sneak around them. So there's that too. Which uh, n-
6: Nintendo basically copied when they did Super Mario RPG and Mario Luigi, and Paper Mario, where you get to have attacks on the enemies on screen, and that would, you know, if you attack them early, you get extra damage, and if they attack you, without you, you know, that kind of got copied. I think Earthbound did it a little bit, too, but it's still one of those things where I think Chrono Trigger was, like, the first major one to do it, I think. But this is not the RPG podcast, so let's kind of move on.
4: Um, Avatar was pushed back to 2018.
0: So originally the spot was the same weekend as Star Wars. So now they're pushing it back to 2018 because they just messed it all up. Yep, yep, yep. So who knows? We're gonna really see Avatar two, which is like, come on, this is ridiculous. It's gonna be like ten years between the next the first two movies. We are recording this on January 6th, 2018, 4.45 p.m. Central Standard Time. So, I'm going to start off with the prediction. Number one, Shazam! will be a bigger hit than Captain Marvel.
4: I could see that. Mm-hmm. I could see that, too. The Avatar movies will be delayed again. <laughs> <laughs> the Avatar yeah. sequels will be delayed again. Uh, I have to carry this over from last year. Uh, it's still true. <laughs> so when is it going to come out? Uh, never, <laughs> because the, the way I see it, James Cameron is a—he's one of those perfectionist types, right? And so he wants it to be perfect. And I can, I can. Uh, I can admire that, but at the same time, they're Avatar movies. The first one wasn't that good. Like, it looked good, but,
0: you know. So, right now, the release date is December 18th, 2020. So, it's going to go beyond 2020. Is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think if it is delayed, that's the end of 3D. Mm. that by twenty that by twenty twenty two there will not be any theatrical three d releases anymore
0: here are some predictions for twenty sixteen I know we're recording this on january thirty first twenty fifth sixteen um so the first month is over um
4: I'm also gonna make a very bold prediction okay Civil War will do better than Batman v. Superman. (laughs) Okay. That's what I say. I think that there's more hype because there's more films behind the Marvel MCU.
0: Now, um, talking about Batman v. Superman, my prediction will be that Batman v. Superman will be the highest grossing uh, movie of March. It will make a record for March release, which is going to be a really easy thing because there's not been that many March releases for the movies. But it will have, you know, a press release: biggest movie release in March ever. <laughs> All right, I'm going to have another one. Um, so let's go on to Metroid. Um, there'll be a Metroid Two remake of for the 3DS. So, the uh, Metroid 2 Return of Samus was an original Game Boy Advance game. It's a Metroid 20th Anniversary 2 as well. And, um, Metroid 2 is probably the hardest game to go back to. Not that it's difficult, it's just, it's such a- It's green? The game it it's just it's hard to, to go around that area it's easy to get lost in and everything looks the same <laughs> you know <laughs> it's it's a good game it's just it's a short game it, it, yeah it, it's the perfect game to remake to really make it look gorgeous in 3D and 3DS and have much better map system much better metroids to fight it's a easy game to remake that anyone that played that game recognize it's an easy, it, they shouldn't remake that. because it, it just doesn't hold up as well as other games. We got one more movie, and this is probably the most controversial one of them all.
8: A Little Mermaid? Yes. Okay, what's the controversy
0: here? <laughs> so, do you know all the casting for Little Mermaid? Trista? Uh,
8: She's a black Teenager, I believe.
2: Yes,
0: uh, Jake. What's the name of this actress?
2: Hall Bailey, not Holly Berry. That everybody's been saying. Of course, that would be interesting—kind of a John Wick take on Little Mermaid. But hey, no, it's like
8: she's like nineteen or something.
2: Mm. Yeah. So there's the internet seems to be up in arms over. A, uh, a a Hans Christian Andersen character that's been moved to the Caribbean, uh, who's a mermaid. The internet seems to believe that this character is supposed to be white. Okay, that's a good point. Uh, <laughs> I am uh,
0: whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we also got some more casting news here. Um, the, the rest of this casting is not really controversial. Um, Melissa McCarthy is supposed to be Ursula, which Totally fine with that.
8: Oh, that would be interesting, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Crazy Rich Asian star Aquaf- Aquafina is going to be Scuttle, the bird.
2: Weird. Yeah, weird. <laughs> kind of random.
0: Remember the
8: swamp? Remember
1: my song in the swamp? When I was like, wham, chicka wham, wham, chicka wham. wham. I remember.
4: <laughs> well, whatever. I mean... Transformers always reboots, always. So, I don't, I don't see why you know. Uh, you're, it's like they're acting like the Bay versus like this streamlined, super coherent continuity. Each film, like <laughs> each film is a cluster. <laughs>
3: it is.
0: So, it's an interesting thing, though. Will you guys miss the theatrical experience? Have you two missed the theatrical experience? Since we haven't seen a movie in theaters since onward.
2: Oh, I've been missing a good theatrical experience for decades. Because <laughs> movie, movie theaters have been shoddy for a long time.
0: I agree to an extent.
2: I miss that. I miss when they had plenty of cuss, plenty of employees uh, th- somebody couldn't like jerk off in the theater through the entire movie uh, and and somebody didn't see it besides the audience yeah.
0: All right, next up is The Nut Job, an animated movie about squirrels getting nuts.
2: these nuts. It's all right. Yeah. I vaguely remember it. You know, it's a, it's based... It's set in the 1940s. That's more than I remembered about... These nuts! <laughs> to be honest, uh, I don't remember... These nuts! I was a very bad babysitter. Luckily, no kids were killed in my presence. <laughs> you never know, Morbin Time can happen anytime. <laughs>
0: Hello, hello, this is Adolf Vega from 3D or 2D.com, and today I'm reviewing the Nintendo 3DS eShop title, Dr. Mario Miracle Cure. So, one aspect to have to talk about of a Dr. Mario game is the music. The original Dr. Mario had two songs, Fever and Chills, and they're very catchy memorable tunes. The game has these songs, but remixed, and they're bad. Compositions. Um, I'm not necessarily one to be critical of music. Um, you know, you always talk about the music in a review if it's good or bad, and this is bad. Um, I'm not like a super um, audiophile. I'm not a, a, a expert on how to make music. You know, I don't, I can't play any instruments, but the quality of these songs is low, and it has a childish and corny kind of feel to it with a lot of animal sound effects and record skips and chuckles and it just is annoying and sounds bad and either forced to turn off the volume completely or listen to these stupid remixes Um, and there's no option to skip the level the song other Dr. Mario games get to choose the song you plays and nope either it'll, it'll remix and It'll shuffle on its own. You have no idea what you're going to listen to. But for the most part, you're going to listen to really bad music. So, it it's a shame. It really is because Dr. Mario theme is actually really catchy and really likable. I'm going to go ahead and include in this um, audio podcast version <laughs> the different versions of Dr. Mario. So, I'm going to include here first... Um, the original Dr. Mario on NES, which is an 8-bit system, and um, I'll go ahead and do that. So it's pretty catchy, you know, and um, this is the version of the the same song in this game. Nintendo, whoever, can remix the songs whatever they, way they want, but at least have it to be the same quality, if not better, than the previous versions. And um, it's really mind-boggling, considering that they actually have a fully orchestrated, remade, remastered version of this theme they made for the Nintendo uh, game Super Smash Brothers, because Dr. Mario is a playable character in a decent amount of the games, uh, several of them as a secret character. So they remastered the theme for Smash Brothers. And that theme is gorgeous, which is here. with the music. The original is really nice, the remastered version is gorgeous, and the version that's in the game is bad. It's just corny, it's stupid, it's childish, and why would you use that when you have this fully orchestrated version? Nintendo made Smash Brothers, they own the rights to Smash Brothers, they just have to make a phone call, hey, I remember that song that you did for Smash Brothers for Dr. Mario. It's like, yeah, can I use it in our Dr. Mario game? Sure. And there you go. They email the file and they could put it in the game. But they decided to use a really bad remix, you know, and you can't change the song. You know, I would be happy if they had a shuffle and had all the versions. Why not? I mean, I can't imagine it taking up that much space. You're already downloading the game. So might as well have the original, have the remastered, have this remix version. You know, variety. Why not have all of them? It, you know, it doesn't really make sense not to. Hello,
2: hello, hello. This is Jake uh, for 3D or 2D. With special guest Bob, uh, World War One um, history buff.
3: Say hello, Bob. Hello, Bob.
2: Okay, and today we're talking about the uh, 3D uh, World War One documentary. They shall not grow old. Now start us off,
3: Bob. World War One, as most people know, was the prequel to World War Two, and that's how most people remember it. Most people in the United States, it's not a big remembered war because we were actually spent very little time in the war itself. We entered in 1917 but didn't put troops in the field until the last year of the war in 1918. However, it had a major effect on Europe and actually we are still dealing with some of the problems at at, at the end of the First World War. Some of the problems we have in the Middle East to this day were problems started in the First World War. Now, Peter Jackson took footage from the Imperial War Museum and converted it, did all the modern tricks you can do now that weren't available then and wanted to make something that just wasn't for buffs, but anybody could look at and see this was what the First World War was like. And he succeeded very much so that you get an idea and he lets the people that were there talk He's using voice recordings from the BBC, and footage from the Imperial War Museum that gives you an idea of what the conditions were like for these men when they fought in this war.
2: Yeah, some of the footage comes across looking like um, Call of Duty, World War One, but it's amazing, and the 3D is spectacular. Uh, it is a conversion. Duh. Uh, they didn't... The guys in the trenches did not... Uh, the, the cameramen in World War I carried these big wooden boxes and they hand-cranked film. Uh, it's a miracle we have anything. Uh, and it is uh, astounding. Uh, it is spectacular. It is beautiful. Uh, if you have a chance to see this, uh, what are you listening to this for? Go watch it now. It's amazing. It's a, this is a must-see, and I would say 3D it. It is well worth your time. It is a beautiful work. Hello, hello, hello.
0: This is Adolf, and I have with me New Jake. Hi, everybody. And today you're reviewing a new 3D movie called Ron's Gone Wrong. So, as usual, we'll talk about the 3D element first. How was the 3D in Ron's
3: gone wrong?
9: It was quite good.
0: <laughs>
9: it, it was just so amazingly good. Uh, there's there plenty of pop-out, there's plenty of depth, uh, the colors were full and eye pleasingly, uh, uh, eye-pleasingly wonderful. It was just a great 3D experience all around.
0: Now, we didn't know this movie was a 3D movie until almost right (laughs) before release.
9: Yeah, apparently uh, people are having a hard time finding it, even in big markets like New York and L.A., so I don't know why I got a screening of it. It was just luck of the draw, I guess.
0: Okay. So if anyone can find this in 3D somewhere, you say definitely watch it. What's your final grade, your verdict?
9: Uh... Let's see, for the 3D itself, oh my God, it's uh, easily an 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10 if possible.
0: Okay. Not quite
9: editor's choice, but,
0: you know, it's really great. So, your final verdict is great 3D. Yes. Okay, making sure. Now, on to the movie itself. So, what is this about? Like a robot and a kid or something?
9: Yeah, uh, he's like uh, there's this new found toy uh, or electronic device called a Bebot, uh, which is kind of like an Apple company, but the company in the movie is called Bubble, and it's it's a design, it's a toy designed to help you make friends, but then it just becomes pretty much a walking, moving cell phone, essentially. And but the only kid in town who doesn't have one is a kid named Barney, and it's his parents or his dad and his grandmother are like, you don't need technology. But he is lonely and no friends, and they decide to get him one. But they're closed and they are sold out of the the bot so they have to uh, they find one a guy selling us a, a damaged one, almost kind of like a child's play element where they t- they find an open damaged. Uh, Robot and they buy it off the guy and they bring it home to him, and that's when everything goes wrong.
0: <laughs> okay, so is this a, a strikeout of a movie? No,
9: it's it's more like a ground roll double. <laughs> you know, it, it's fine. It's a it's a nice it's a nice movie, good for the family, but it's nothing stellar.
0: Okay, so what's your final verdict for the movie itself?
9: Ah, uh, six out of ten. You know.
0: Nesda, as always, we'll talk about the 3D element first.
8: Whoever, like the people behind this knew that this was a 3D movie and they knew the rules of 3D filmmaking and they, they made it with that in mind. And so that's why I think it's just so good.
0: <laughs> so um, like there's good pop out scenes, there's good depth. It just it's like you're peering into a window and you're seeing everything, right?
8: Yeah, exactly. Uh, even though it's animated, it feels like you're there in a little way.
0: Okay, so you love the 3D?
8: Oh, the 3D was great.
0: <laughs> okay, um, is that it? Or is there anything more you want to add to that?
8: Oh, yes. This was like this is like the kind of film that, like, this is what, what I love about 3D, and this is what I want all 3D films to be like.
0: All right, so your final verdict is?
8: Uh, great editor's choice. I love this film.
0: The 3D was great. Everything about it was great. Okay, so in closing, what are your final thoughts on this movie and your score?
8: I love this movie. I give it a 10 out of 10. I think if you have any opportunity to see this movie, you should go see it. Even if you don't know that much about Chinese culture, I think you'll still be able to get some sort of benefit from seeing this movie. And maybe it'll make you want to investigate what's all the religious symbolism, what's the the cultural backstory here, you know? And even if you don't, it's still a really good movie. It's still really good writing. And just storytelling at its finest, in my opinion.
0: To conclude, Gods of Egypt is just so awful. I find it hard to describe how horrendously terrible this is. So I decided to create my own word. Terrificastrophe. catastrophe. combination of terrific catastrophe. Gods of Egypt is one of the most epic failures of cinema. This movie is the hottest mess of a movie you've probably ever seen, and this is one of the worst movies I've seen in twenty years. This is the story, the characters, the action, all terrible. The movie it's it's just a train wreck. And it just I cannot recommend to anyone watching this Terra catastrophic movie. Unless you're heavily intoxicated or trying to watch it ironically. Gods of Egypt sets the new standard for poorly made movies and is an absolute, complete, and total disappointment in every single level of cinema. This is the worst rated movie I have ever done for 3D or 2D.com. This is a 1 out of 10. This not get any worse than this piece of crap. So do not watch this. We are doing the 2020 3D Movie Preview. So what movies can you expect in this year? We've been in a drought for the first two months of this year, and we're finally going to get some movies. So the first two movies we talked about already a bunch of times, but we'll talk about them real quick again. We're going to go real quick in this, because time and there's a lot of movies. So um, Pixar's Onward. Thumbs up, thumbs down.
3: Thumbs up. Thumbs up.
0: And Mulan. Thumbs
2: up.
3: Yeah. yeah. Thumbs middle. <laughs> yeah.
2: The trailer looks good, but we know uh, trailers can be deceiving.
0: So that's March. Um, Let's go to April. April, we have... All right. So with that, that's everything for 2020. There might be some stuff that sneak in that we don't know about right now as we're recording this. There might be stuff that gets delayed till 2021 or later. We don't know right now either, um,
2: but we'll find out. You never know, morbid Time can happen anytime.
0: <laughs> hello, 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 this is Adolf Vega. Welcome to 2020 Predictions. As always, I'm joined with a few people. Krista is here. Hello! And Jake. Howdy, folks. And Krista. So everyone listening, when are we recording this? This is January
8: the 5th, 2020, at 1.15 uh, p.m. Uh, Central Time.
0: Yes. So that way in the future, you guys know when we were doing this. Um, my next prediction, Uncharted will be delayed until 2021. Jake, what are your thoughts on Uncharted being delayed?
2: I'll do one up. Uncharted will be delayed until Tom Holland is thirty-five.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, oh, Sonic movie will be released in three D after all.
2: Ooh, I'm hoping I'm hoping that comes true.
0: It's not likely, but the last minute we'll get a trailer, and we're we'll like, "What? It's three D? Cool! We get to review it, <laughs> and it's going to look really great in three D." <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. Sometimes you got to hope for things to predict. You know, you're not already predicting it because you think it's going to happen, but you want it to happen. All right. Uh, I guess let's go on to the decade. Now, I think in this decade, we'll finally get Avatar 2 come out and it will be actually pretty damn amazing. It will be worth the wait. Sometime this decade those movies will come out and they will be worth
2: the wait and it'll shock everyone and it'll kickstart 3D all over again
0: um the fall of the marvel cinematic universe it will still it'll keep making money but the the time of billion dollar movies has gone by um eventually they'll have a next avengers movie but it won't make the same amount of money as it did before The new characters are mixed in there and people like them, but it's not as good as it used to be. And um, okay. Krista, do you have another decade prediction? Random, whatever you want to predict.
8: Random. Do (laughs) it. pessimistic or optimistic? Oh my God. Uh, uh, In the next 10 years. God, I don't. I am not looking forward to just like the future politically in general. I don't think we are going in a good direction.
0: Yeah, um, I will go ahead and say it. World War III is happening this decade.
2: Yeah, I was like, we're going to have decade, both... dude. It's happening this year. What are you talking about? Decade. We are having both simultaneously. The rise of
8: fascism. And also the rise of the resist of like anti FOM movements and like socialism movements. And so we're having increasingly polarized like I just don't see it going in a good direction. Like no matter what happens, shit is gonna happen. like 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 people are gonna die. Also global warming we're like we're going to have like the first mate like within the decade we're going to have the first major evacuations due to global warming like i'm gonna say that like some island nation is going to go fully underwater
0: and we will have refugees from countries that no longer exist and a global economic depression welcome to the terrible 20s Exactly. And today we're reviewing a big movie, Avatar 2, The Way of Water. All right. So obviously we're going to talk about the 3D
2: aspect first. My theater's crappy presentation. It was still awesome.
5: Yeah, I agree. I, the overall 3D, especially the stuff with the water, is just, uh, I don't know that anything compares to it, to be honest. mm mm-hmm. yep.
2: Or jumping back because there was one scene that got me. I actually almost leapt backwards out of my seat. Yeah,
5: yeah, I know exactly what spot you're talking about because my daughter almost tore my arm off when it happened. John, you, Cameron just does not disappoint. You know, you could tell there. There's a couple times I think with uh, with arrows and stuff where it's kind of done for to kind of pop out, but most of it is done in just ways that. Are immersing you into the world, and you feel you feel like you're there. And and you know we don't want to get into to spoilers, but there's not a whole lot of humans in this movie, and you don't feel like you're watching a computer generated film. And basically, that's what you're watching. And the 3D that's built into that is just uh, is just tremendous.
0: John, what the score you give the movie itself?
5: Uh, you know for. Uh, I, you know, 3d, I guess we talked about editor's choice. Um, if we're going to, I always want to give it a number. I would probably give it, I think I would give it an eight out of 10. Okay. It, it, I take a little bit off because of the length, I think he did overdo the length a little bit when it wasn't needed. And there's some story stuff there, but at the end of the day, I have to rate the experience and and that does come down to some of the visuals and those things. And I left just being amazed. At, at this movie. And I would highly recommend everybody go. Um, so I give it an eight. And today we're talking about a
0: 2d movie. Um, this is a Patreon exclusive. Uh, this is for the 2019 cats movie. Well, I think that it's actually
8: going to be a slow classic. I think that uh, ch- that parents that want their grandchildren or children to watch the play they can introduce them to the, to the movie, and they might like it more once they go in to see the play and they kind of have something to go on. I think it's a good preservation piece, and uh, I did give it a 7 out of 10.
1: <sighs> the Emoji
2: Movie
0: <sighs> Okay. All right. Welcome, patrons. Um, this is the October surprise. All right. So, I'm drunk. Who cares? Last year, when the Emoji movie started, I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> I know this. And James and I, this is Adolf Vega, by the way, we ripped that shit apart before we even watched the movie. In fact, we did not feel comfortable enough um, watching the movie because it looked like a piece of shit. A shit Emoji. So, or regardless. So... You know, you gotta hit to a point where if you know you're gonna be biased to a review, you don't watch it. You don't want, it. you don't put yourself out there knowing that you're gonna hate something. You gotta keep an open mind. If you can't keep an open mind, then you're not gonna be good at reviewing it. That's just part of the game. I was like 30 minutes in and I already drank a good amount of alcohol and I was like, I gotta keep going. I gotta drink more of this. Oh man. <laughs> this is bullshit.
3: This is some serious top level crap. So, James, we actually have a legitimate
0: listener mail this week. That's pretty cool. <laughs> okay, let me start it off.
3: Dear friend,
0: I am the head of Accounts and Audit Department for the Bank of Africa. I recently founded an abandoned sum of $13.5 million. Oh. Oh. Um,
4: <laughs>
7: White.
0: What? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's just junk mail. That's not worth <laughs> our time. We actually got a for real, for real uh, listener mail.
9: You've got mail.
0: From Mr. Henry Jack. Now, uh, Henry actually asked, hey, I just had a quick question. In some 3D films like G-Force and Escape from Planet Earth, some 3D moments fly out of the aspect ratio and into the black bars. He actually included a picture to this email. And does this occur in the movie Pixels? Uh, cheers, Henry. Now,
3: James, you haven't seen Pixels, um, so
0: I'll answer that, and I do remember
3: it happening briefly in Pixels,
0: um, they have some transitional, uh, things where they have the actual Pixels fly out and kind of look like that, but, um, it's kind of a hazy memory because that was like a month ago when I saw that movie, and, um, you know, Pixels wasn't a really memorable movie, you know, the 3D was really good, but the movie itself was just okay, but, um, we could actually talk about that aspect a little bit. What do you think about the aspect where movies use that aspect ratio where they actually, like, pop out of the black bars and such? I
7: don't know. Three is kind of interesting, like, uh, you know? It, it sometimes, sometimes it's, like,
0: well, but then it does other things, you know?
7: Yeah, uh, the
0: picture you actually saw, you, you saw a picture, right? I sent you? good. Yeah, I, I, I gotta go. I, I, I'm not that well-versed in 3D films, so I wasn't exactly sure what was going on, but...
4: You
0: know. Yeah. It's actually funny that um, that was actually the first movie, uh, the picture, uh, that we saw together in 3D, or we reviewed together, which was the thing with the Madagascar, you know? Interesting. So, um, you know, occasionally um, I may see this happening. It seems to be kind of rare, though but they don't necessarily like to do that because it's a little bit gimmicky. I remember, was it Oz, the Great Powerful did this a little bit with playing to aspect ratio and uh, trying to, you know, understand the bars or certain areas and um, actually playing with it and going out of it, and I think it's fun. Um, it's not done, you know, too often, so that yeah. it's not like every day, every movie you see it, it does it, but I wouldn't mind if it does it more often, you know? What do you think, James? I can agree with that. Okay. So yeah, that's our first legitimate real listener mail. And uh, if you want your emails to be email uh, read here, um, email three d or two d at gmail dot com. Simple as that. Um, but it's kind of thing where they, you know, it's just like playing with it because you know, on DVD and Blu-ray if you're watching it at home, you know, sometimes there will be black bars in the bottom because yeah. you know, that yeah. aspect ratio of the movie is bigger than the 16 by 9, you know, TV aspect ratio of widescreen TVs. So sometimes they can play with it a little bit more effectively on, you know, 3D at home. But, you know, in the movie theaters, you know, they kind of, the aspect ratio they have is what they have so they kind of just have to deal with it and, you know, besides like IMAX or the Cine- CinemaScope, which is, like, super widescreen. they really, you know, most people just kind of use the standard,
7: you know, full-screen yeah, widescreen. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, ta- so, so, yeah, you know, it, it, it was good to get a listener question, and uh, until we get the next one.
3: Thank you again.
1: Well, I had been uh, stereo-blind or nearly stereo-blind all my life, and there are lots of other stereo cues, but I wasn't able to see stereo using the UI Use. I went to see the movie Hugo with my wife, and we picked up the 3D glasses, which I thought was sort of a waste for me, but I didn't want to see the double images in the film, so I picked them up and went into the movie, and I was astonished and pleased to see things jumping out at me. So the movie continued, and I continued to see a 3D experience, but I knew that the disparities, the differences between the left-eye view and the right-eye view were much bigger in the movie than they would be in real life. So I thought, well, maybe this is just pushing it. (laughs) Then we went out of the theater and I gave my glasses back and went out on the street and I saw a lamppost jump out at me and a car and a tree. And this was surprising and quite pleasurable. And it seemed to me that I had somehow obtained a 3D capability that I had not had before, so it continued that way for several weeks, and I went to my optometrist, and he measured my 3D acuity, and it turned out to be much better than it had been before. It was lucky that this is part of my professional research area as a professor, so I had done an experiment with some colleagues at Berkeley, and we had measured my my stereo acuity and it was uh, about 10 times worse than normal people. And when we measured it after the Hugo experience with my optometrist here in Santa Cruz, it turned out to be only about twice as bad as normal people but enough to see plenty of stereo. So it was quite pleasurable. I still am able to see three dimensions
0: So what examples, what specific scenes are you most proud of the
10: 3D? I I think I can think of, there are little moments in each film that I, like I kind of go to, I mean, you know, there, I, I I kind of, I'll avoid the spoilers of infinity war, but there's some really fun sequences in that film that, that turned out really great. Um, there's a sequence with Dr. Strange and Thanos that is, uh, that's really fun um i'm very proud of that the if you go back a little bit i mean i think you know each scene has its thing the kind of what pops into my mind as as you asked the question was the the magical mystery tour from dr strange which is is a crazy amalgamation of different imagery it's just like this insane acid trip of imagery but it also is the thing that um, I just loved how people experienced it because people would come out uh, after seeing that, and they would just go like, "Oh my god, I, yeah. I'm losing my mind!" You know, and it, it's fun to create that effect on somebody. So,
0: um, the main reason why I'm doing this podcast and this website is to provide a service to everyone who enjoys 3D movies and to know if the 3D movie is worth your time or 3D game. So. Yeah, just basic introduction um, to the website. I hope you enjoy the website, and I hope you enjoy the podcast series. But um, that's going to be pretty much it for this introduction. Um, I hope you enjoy everything. Bye.